Thank you for tuning in to an extra special Centerpoint podcast on leadership from our Lead Well Nights. The whole goal of these nights and messages is for everyone to grow in their leadership, whether your leadership is at home, in the office, with parenting, a team, at school, at church, or in the community. We hope these talks grow you and grow your team. Enjoy. Hey, my name is Aaron DeMaster. I'm the pastor of Centerpoint Church. So I'm here with Nick Ford. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about who you are and what do you do? Um, yeah, um, as you said, my name's Nick Ford. I um, I grew up in Fond du Lac. Um, I went away for a couple of years. I um, coached in basketball and kind of exploring the Midwest and then stopped in Chicago and Kansas City and now I'm back home. Um, at uh, the high school as the boys basketball coach and I'm a special ed teacher as well. Awesome. Awesome. So coaching, uh, has that been something you've always thought you'd get into at some point or why'd you get into it? Um, I thought, um, I'll say no, I, I actually grew up in Rosendale. So I thought I was going to be a, a farmer. My dad was a farmer and that was kind of like our way of, of living. Um, but then I moved to Fond du Lac. My mom and my dad split, and we moved to Fond du Lac. And uh, I met a coach, Coach Diener, Coach Dick Diener, um, who really, like, magnified. I'm a pretty competitive by nature person. But I would say when I moved here, I was searching for, like, real direction and, and how to go about, you know, living every day, discipline, getting in the gym every day, not just running around the town on your bike, you know, and, and kind of, like, not that basketball wasn't fun for him, but he just kind of gave me a direction and a purpose within basketball. And um, long story short, I kind of just wanted to be him, you know, and, and he was a guy I idolized and a guy that, that um, he was my college coach. He's, he's just a great guy that uses basketball as an avenue to um, help grow you as a man, as a husband, as um, a competitor, as someone that loves people. Um, and he used basketball as that avenue. So that's kind of, I saw his impact and it was like, that's a good life to live. No, that's awesome. So this was your college basketball coach. And where did you go to school? Um, Cardinal Stritch. He was, he was actually um, the, the boys basketball coach at Fond du Lac for like, oh, okay. I might butcher the years here, but like 25 years. So when I moved here, he was the head boys basketball coach. Um, and then he retired after my freshman year. So, and awesome. then. It just by chap happened chance that his son got a job at Cardinal Stretch, which was in Milwaukee, and then he came on as an assistant coach. So oh awesome. Okay. Cool. So coaching was something that you kind of got into because you got to see quite a great leader or coach kind of come alongside you. Uh how do you equate like leading and being a coach, like as almost synonymous in a sense? Like uh, or do you see it that way? Do you see coaching as leading or, or not? Yeah, I do. I think there's so many tiers of leadership. Um, but I think um, the number one thing is you spend so much time with a basketball team or say you're a baseball coach or say whatever type of leadership role that you're in um, or coaching specifically, you spend a ton of time with people. And um, I think that what I always model or what I always, what I take away from coach Gina and remember lessons from him, it wasn't necessarily what he said to me, but it was just the person that he was and how he acted and modeled every single day. We'd be at, you know, a story that is random, but sticks out to me is we we're traveling for um, 
for a trip in Kansas City and we saw this older um older couple. It was at like a KFC or something crazy. And and he just wanted to know about him. So he just goes up and starts talking to him. And it's just like when you put that type of emphasis on people rather than like accolades, and he's got a ton of accolades, but it was always about people for him. Um the way that he was able to model that every single day and I'm able to take away not necessarily what he learned or what he you know he had quotes and he had different sayings and he has stuff and he calls me regularly and we talk regularly and there's advice but being able to watch him live the life that he lives is so powerful to me and um I know he's done that for other people so like when the leading aspect of how he's able to just model with life um is something that I think is really special and he'll be the first person to tell you he's not perfect and I think leadership is a lot of learning how not to deal with you know, with not being perfect, with finding a way to work through mistakes. And I'm sure he has bad days, but you rarely ever see it from him. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool to hear. Like, so we're going to get into it in a little bit here, but talking a bit about your leadership style, but how would you, how would you say like you've embodied in a sense, like his leadership style or his coaching style? Like what's something that or how are you modeling that in your own coaching or in your own connections with students or parents or other people? Like, do you see yourself having leadership be putting people first or not? Or how do you gauge that? Yeah, that's, that's, I would say I try to do that. I'm still far from, from, mm -hmm. um, from perfect or even a good leader. I mean, I try to be, I try to have a great impact and I, I care a lot about it. Um, so I think naturally I got a lot to learn, but I think I care so much that I think I probably have some positives. Um, but yeah, that's, it's about people and, and he demonstrated that. And that's what I try to put forth. And as a basketball coach, I am going to be judged by wins and losses, no question. But the thing that he, he did better than anything. We call him Fondy guys, which is like a Fondy guy, someone that played for him. You're a Fondy guy. You're tough. You're about the team. You love the community. Like it's just kind of a, a coin term that now we've picked up and we got a sign that says Fondy guys and our guys slap it before they go out. And um, just that brotherhood of creating something that's bigger than just, um, you know, just that individual team. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's a community and being a part of a community is, is what life is about and serving others and putting yourself, your personal, hmm. um, your personal accolades. I'm going to call them accolades again, but not that you forget about them or you don't want them. Like I, I, I would love every year for our team to have the player of the year in the league. No question about it. Like I, I want our guys to be successful, but at the same time, if you're a jerk to your teammates, like yeah. what are we building here? What am I teaching you? Um, if you can't sacrifice if you're scoring 25 and you can't be happy for another guy that averages nine a game and has a game where he hits 27, then what are we doing? And coach Diener was a guy that lived that. And um, I'm far from reaching that level, but that's what I strive to do every day. Yeah. No, two things off of kind of like what you're saying is I, I think it's John Maxwell that says like, when it ever becomes about when it distract or goes away from being about people, you get yourself in a very dangerous spot as a leader. So like as a leader, it's always about people. And that sounds like exactly what you're doing and exactly like what your coach did for you. So that's awesome here. And I think as a pastor, I automatically start thinking about Jesus, but like 
that that was Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, he was stopped multiple times. His mission was to preach the good news, but he would stop and be with people and heal people and spend time with people and serve people. Obviously, it detracted from his mission, you know, his ultimate trying to reach as many as he could. But that was what it was all about for him. So, no, that's that's really cool to hear. Uh, so you talked about wins and losses. How did the season go this year? Um, wins and loss. We were four and twenty-two, so okay. it was it was pretty rough. We had some lows. Um, we had a young team, and then even before the year started, we lost a a, a guard. We actually lost three kids that really had to battle through adversity this year. The two were able to come back in their junior, so they get to play next year. But one of them was a senior who tore his ACL in the fall. Oh. It's been a ton of time since I got here. Um, you know, we wake these guys up pretty early. And uh, from really all year round at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, he was in the gym getting shots up. He had grown tremendously. He was ready for a breakout year. And then tore his ACL. So having to cope with that while trying to get younger guys to – step into that spot that weren't, I don't know, they were ready, we're skilled, but we're just so physically immature compared to, it's a 14 year old compared to an 18 year old. So record wise, I made a lot of excuses. I wasn't good enough. We weren't good enough, but it was a tough year. I mean, I'm guessing that obviously wasn't the plan to have a record of that sort. Yeah. No, we were, we had high expectations coming in the year. We last, the previous year we had, uh, we won 16 games, which was like the second most in last 20 years roughly again no that's not specific yeah. but it was a we had a great group of of guys and expectations were high and, and we were working hard and we had a lot of momentum going and we had young guys that were on the bench of that team and they were ready to step in and then the injuries kind of derailed it and um yeah you know i i think i did I experienced some success and it's personal, you know, like you walk into a place that hasn't won a ton and then you, in your second year, you're able to turn it around. And we had some on-court success. And I think it skewed my, my leadership style from saying, Hey, this is, we got to get better every single day to saying, Hey, if we're not winning 16 games and people aren't expecting us to overachieve and, and have results on the floor, then, um, you know, we're a disappointment. And when you do that, I think your kids can sense that. And then it becomes about accomplishments. And with the accomplishments, if you don't reach that every single day, rather than just concentrating on getting better every day, it creates kind of a culture of like fear of like, well, I don't want to screw up, but we have to get here when we have to get here. And if we don't get here, then what's going to happen. And then instead of just thinking, Hey, I got to get better because of that's how you reach that goal or that's how you get better. That's how that first crew did that um so that's what there are a lot of external things but there's a lot of internal things too as well long story short I just I got to be better at creating an atmosphere of I'm dealing with 14 15 16 17 year olds of we can't go into a season scared to lose yeah let's go into that though a little bit like so how did you lead during like the tough time um kind of the lows or the losses like what were some of the things that worked to inspire because People that are listening to this are are leaders in organizations or other areas that, you know, right now things are at a low with COVID or post-COVID stuff, low in resignations right now because people, it's the great resignation time. So like, um, how did you kind of lead through a tough time uh, or a low or in the losses there? 
Um, I would say I didn't do a great job in a lot of things. Um, one thing that I think really helped us was that our, that first crew was we really they were tough kids that were bought in and believed in what we said. And we stressed that and held people accountable to that, that first couple of years. Um, so they knew what we said, we really believed. Um, so that kind of um, had a ripple effect on this crew. Um, to be honest with you, I did, we tried everything. You know, I, I, I had a lot of different leadership styles. I, I took the hard, hard approach pretty early because again, I was, I was mad that we weren't, achieving things that hadn't been done in a while and my expectations were that and then I realized that I was guys were tight guys weren't playing loose which if you don't play basketball loose or you don't do anything in life loose and you're just worried about failure and not about winning then you get tight so we moved towards that and we tried to create it something bigger than just this year that's why we created that sign that says Fondy guys um, where it's not just about this year. It's about being a part of a program, building a program. Even if you don't win a game, you're leaving a mark on with your attitude, with your effort every day, with um, just trying to be the best person you can be every day. I think, you know, we talked about this season. Was it a success or failure? I don't know if it was necessarily a failure because I realized the importance of, of every person that ever enters any profession. Like, I'm sure you want to, want to be the greatest pastor that ever lived. And I don't know how you could ever indicate that, but you want to have a ton, you want to have a huge a church and a bunch of followings and create a huge community. Um, but if you don't take the steps and, and, and to do that every single day, you're just not going to do that in two years or in, in a year and a half or five years, that takes time. And realizing that, Hey, I wasn't going to be Nick Saban or turn Fonda like basketball into Alabama football in three years. Yeah. Um, was really a valuable lesson to me um, in being yeah. able to understand that just concentrate on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Concentrate on today. Concentrate, be present. Um, and I think that that's the leadership style that we adapted as the year went by and something that is now going to become a staple, regardless if you're 4 and 22, 10 and 10, um, 20, 24 and all, whatever it is, um, if you can find a way just to get better every single day, which is another coach Dana saying, then I think you'll be in a good place. Yeah. No, I really like what you're saying as in adapting to things on the fly. I think that's a key leadership skill where you're always having to adapt on the fly things that aren't working instead of just pounding it in of like, you know, this is what we're going to keep doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you're adapting to really try and, and grow your team to lead your team through a, a trying time, you know, um, so to adapt and try different things and, and they even say, like, to acknowledge the fact that I wasn't the greatest in the beginning, you know, like mm -hmm. that's huge, especially as a leader, if you can acknowledge that and, and kind of get a bird's eye view of your own leadership and say that didn't work and then adjust from the fly there that that I think is key to leadership, you know, so I really like what you're saying. It's it's what's challenging, too, about that at times is like adapting or experimenting with different things is sometimes you want to adapt and we adapt quite a bit. And like, none of it seemed to like, it, we didn't have one mark where we went on like a four game win streak. You know what I'm saying? So we're, I think the, another part of, of leadership is learning to experiment. And like you say, adapt, but also realizing that you may not be right on the first try or the second try or the third try. But again, you got to be able to model that every day that, Hey, this didn't work. That's fine to keep, 
let's find a way to get better tomorrow. Let's keep our head down. Let's try something else tomorrow. Does it, you know, yeah. and, and that's a valuable tool when you're de dealing with 14, 15, and really anybody, it's a, a hard thing to understand because you, people in the community, in, in my coaching staff would be like, how many different things are we going to try? You know, we got to plan our feet and it's just a fine line between um, being who you are and your identity. And then, you know, not swaying on those principles, but maybe adjusting those things and being adaptable. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I have my guess on this question, um, but I'm just curious if we're, we're the same or you're thinking the exact same thing. But was there like a pivotal moment of something you did or said to bring the team morale back up? Uh, I feel like you've mentioned it a couple of times, but we might be on the same page or not here. Yeah, that Fondy guy sign, I think, uh, I was, was thinking, one yeah. thing. And we actually, we had Drew Drew Dickmans, the senior that went down yeah. before the year. We had him sign it. And we have a, we're going to have all of our guys that played for us sign it. So when you walk out and you slap that thing, it's like you're playing for yeah. a guy that, you know, just a brotherhood type of thing where you're playing yeah. for the guy before you. Um, that helped. Um, but, I, I mean – I don't know if, the, like I said, I don't know if there was one thing. I think it was just every day showing up and trying to figure it out and having our guys back and individual conversations and, um, you know, taking interest in literally everything that they're doing, being the first guy to rebound for them. It's, I can't say that, that, that thing that, that Fondy sign really turned us around, but I can tell you that I think our guys understand that no matter what we go through, that I'm going to have their back. And it, really I have an outstanding staff and they're going to have their back. And um, so yeah. I'm hoping that that has correlation to the, the future and will reflect in some wins. And if not, um, I know, I mean, I love our guys. I love our entire program. Um, yeah. Well, and I think like what you're saying too, is like the Fondy guys concept was the core value behind it. You know, it's like, Hey, we maybe aren't winning, but we're going to grow as a team here. We're going to stick this out. We've committed to playing, you know, and, and it might not be a win this day. It might not be a win this time, but we're pursuing the wins, you know, and we're getting there. And part of that is really embodying the, the values that are of your team. Um, and I think, that's something that sticks, right? Absolutely. But uh, so here's a question for you. Uh, for you as the coach, how did you find the positive when things were kind of going negative? Like what was the thing you did to really reach, you know, to build yourself back up in a sense? Well, my wife is outstanding. Um, so my family was, is a big part of that. Basketball isn't just, I'm not just a basketball coach. It's kind of like what we do. Um, so I wish I could tell you that coming home, I was always a pleasure. And after practice, I was always a pleasure, but I'm a little more realistic than that. And she's like a, just a positive optimistic person that like believes in me more than anybody. Um, so she always is just like, stop whining. And she's not like a sugar coater either. She's like, are you going to sit and whine? Or are you going to get up and watch some film? Are you going to, you yeah. know, and then I had a son too, which makes things easier. And yeah. I have great people around me. Um, Coach Dean or somebody I call all the time. My staff is super engaged. We text all the time, whether it's about the box. It wasn't just about basketball for, for a lot of people that are surrounding me. Um, so the, I just think whoever you put yourself around, you have to be willing to, when you're hiring somebody or you're putting them on your staff or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, are they going to be there when it's low? Are they going to be there when you're four and 22? Are they going to be, do you want to, 
are they someone that you think you can go into war with every day and, and know that it might not turn out right but at the end of the day there's a brotherhood a family um a community about yeah our basketball team's a community but we hang out as a staff we hang out as um yeah so it's it's more than just basketball for us and i think that really helps um and I also believe in uh, the rough side of the mountain. Have you ever heard of the book, um, Chop Wood, Carry Water? I haven't, no. It, it's a leadership book, and he just talks about going up the rough side of the mountain and how the you send two guys up a, a mountain, and one has to deal with a bunch of obstacles and, and deal with rocks and, and injury and everything else, or you give somebody a smooth way up on um, on the other side. The guy might get there faster that's on the smooth side, but as soon as he has to deal with adversity – um, he's going to not be as tested as you are. So I think I find a lot of, um, of um, keys within going through things because I know at the end of the day, it makes me a better person. And that's what I'm striving to be more than I'm striving to be um, the guy that wins the most games in Final Lake basketball history or Wisconsin basketball history, which I want those things. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I, I realized that that's not going to happen and there's always going to be turbulence. So yeah, being able to find a way to make myself the best version of me is um, another aspect of that that helps. Yeah. On that, I had a couple of thoughts, like just what, what you're saying is, is something that I've really tried to embrace lately is like consistency over intensity. You know, it's like to be consistent in life with my habits, with my choices versus I'm going to do these six new things today, you know, or I'm going to try and do accomplish so much. It's more of like, let's just get consistent with a few things, you know? And so that's been a big thing that I've struggled with and wrestled with and I'm trying to get better at, but I've seen some growth happen in that for myself personally. But the other thing, I thought that you were saying about just having a connection with other people, like spouses are amazing, right? But mm -hmm. I think it's actually a true leadership trait to surround yourself with people that are going to feel you up versus not, you know, like you can do it by yourself, like, as in like, you could forget, like calling that person, you could forget spending that small talk time of connecting with people, but that's a true leadership skill to know that you need other people to feel you up in the times of of lows or uh, struggles, just because that is what's going to help you maintain that momentum as a leader. And I think, I, again, I always refer to Jesus, but I think that's part of Jesus's core of having like the disciples of people that that stuck with him at times and kind of fed into that of, of allowing him to continue to move forward. It, it helped him persevere more. So I think, I think that's awesome to hear. And that's a great insight. Uh, so as faith, as we talk about like faith or Jesus, was there an impact of that for you personally, like as a coach? Like, I mean, is that impact how you lead in a sense at all? Or, yeah, for sure. I, I yeah, um, faith is at the center, like of everything. It it is people. It is realizing that everything that we've talked to, everything that I've talked about at this point. Um, whether you want to admit that it's faith or it's not, it's the teachings of Jesus, like you say, and, it, and it's about people. It's about learning how to deal with adversity. It's about not putting yourself first. It's about um, realizing that everything that happens to you in life happens to you for a reason and finding a way to make a positive out of that. So yes, faith is plays a major part. It's also 
you know, when you wake up in the morning and you have quiet time, it's a lot, it centers you and set, well, at least centers me in a way of realizing that, hey, today's a new day. Let's, let's go out there and let's live the best life that we can do, not through accomplishments, not through um, getting told how good you're do- of a job you're doing, not by the community sending you text messages about that you're uh, uh, whatever. It's, it's about impacting someone's life in a better way. And that's how I try to glorify Jesus with my actions and in the position that I'm in, which, um, you know, I'm in a public school, so that can become, um, it's hard to always make it about faith in a public school, but I think, again, you can glorify Jesus by the way that you model your behavior and the way that you act. And Jesus talks a lot about looking different and being different. And if people see me act and be different, Hey coach, why is that? And I can, talk yeah. to him about it and never push it on anybody but i can yeah it's the truth of who i am and a big part of my identity it can form your leadership decisions right and absolutely and i think that's exactly what you're saying that's awesome yeah all right last question for you here like what would you say to maybe a leader that is struggling or going through some of those highs or lows you know the more the lows at the time um what can you say to them to kind of encourage them whether it's again it could be a a team it could be an organization where it's just like it's just not coming out the way you want uh you're not getting the attendance you're not getting the the finances you're not getting what you were expecting what were things that that you did that you could also maybe encourage people with yeah i think um I think you you talked a lot about being consistent. The word we use in our program is called discipline. We call it being disciplined every day. And whenever you walk into a situation where I'll just say from my, from my perspective, like I didn't inherit a program that had won a ton of state titles. We're actually in a league with teams that are number one and two and three in the state traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a big mountain to, to climb. And like I said, I came in and I was a young guy. I'm ambitious. Um, i wanted to become Kimberly overnight. And I realized now that you can't skip steps and you can't fix everything in one year or two years or three years. Um, You have to, that discipline in doing the small things every single day, I think goes, people don't understand how much growth that happens. Um, So like, just for an example of what I'm saying is for me, I wanted to build a program here. Like Coach Diener said, I want to make Fondy guys and I want everyone in the community to feel part of the Fondy guys. Um, so that includes youth, that includes current high school, that includes um, alumni. Um, I also have to be good at X's and O's. I also want to be a great leader who keeps growing. So like I have quiet time pretty much every morning. Um, I'm not perfect with that by any stretch, but so that's where I feel like I get a lot of my leadership by having my quiet time praying, reading the Bible. Um, and then throughout the day, if I'm connecting with the youth for one, one youth kid, one kid in the high school, one kid or one alumni, um, or like now we have camp going on trying to get a kid at camp. That's not there. Um, and then that's another thing. And then film, I get in 25 minutes of film every single day, which doesn't seem like a ton. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's 25 minutes on the dot, but just those three things I do every single day, And no matter what, I don't miss them, whether I'm traveling, whether I'm doing whatever, um, that, that is added up for me to get to the point now where I feel much more confident as I go forward. And like, 
the everyday grind of what discipline can lead to is I think sometimes overvalued or undervalued and trying to hit a home run on every single play, just hit single after single after single. And when you grow that thing, then you can start hitting doubles and hitting home yeah. runs. Um, but that you can't do that without the discipline everyday attempt of here's my principles. Here's what I'm going to do every day. Here's how I have to improve. And these are the small things that I'm going to, I'm going to chop wood and carry water. It's a book I just read. So that's why it keeps coming yeah. to mind. Um, I'm going to do that every single day while other people think it's repetitive. Other people don't see the progress after a month or two months or three months. I know that if I do this, my leadership will grow. My relationships within the community will grow and my X's and O's basketball wise will grow. Yeah. Um, so that would be my advice is take discipline in doing the, the small or what people call a small task. I don't think it's a small task. I think it's very important, but yeah. taking what people would think is repetitive and doing it over and over and over again and your growth will start to happen naturally as you get better in this area then you can even adjust you know maybe we yeah. get that you will never really be good at youth but maybe i get a a guy that's really good at connecting with youth and getting them in there so i don't have to concentrate as much on youth and i can adjust more to alumni events and having you know whatever you got you got to adjust and do what fits you but the discipline of every day is so so important in my opinion that's awesome well, thanks for sharing that. And what's the book you keep referencing? Just in case someone's looking into it. It's called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Okay. Chop Wood, oh. Carry Water. Yeah, it's, it's a good book. It's about just the discipline, the everyday. Awesome. Talks a lot about surrendering the outcome, which is really hard to do in this day and age with the microwave society of, of wanting instant results and being put sure. on social media and um, worrying about the everyday. Get in there, do the best you can, learn from it. Do the best you can the next day. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime.